When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Shop weekly sales and get personalized coupons to get the most value out of every trip, every time, whether you shop in-store or online. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. This is your host, Taylor, and I hope you all are finding some peace in your week. I hope you all are finding space for joy and for rest and for nourishment. There's been so much, so much happening in our world and I don't know about you, but I have needed a little bit of space. I've needed a little bit of a break from it all. And something I want to just kind of remind people of, uh, people that listen to this podcast, people that are advocates for social justice and racial justice and climate justice and all of the, all of the things, uh, all of those things are related, um, is just that like rest is crucial to all of these movements rest and nourishment of yourself is essential for change. So don't forget to take care of yourself. Don't forget to prioritize your health, your well-being, your nourishment, your pleasure. Um, it's, it's crucial. So there's just a lot. And I hope that you all are doing the best that you can to take care of yourself. I know I am trying to spend time with family got my seedlings going. It's springtime. Um, so excited to see the plants start to grow. Um, so whatever you can do that makes you feel connected, that makes you feel grounded, that makes you feel safe, that makes you feel bounded, um, please, please prioritize that at some point this week, at some point every day, if you can. Um, today's guest, I'm really excited to share with y'all. He is, I want to say just quite a hoot. Um, And you might recognize him from the TLC show, I Am Jazz, um, known for being uh, the brother of his very inspiring sister, um, Jazz Jennings. And although he is a very, very supportive family member, um, there are a lot of other aspects to his life. And I've followed him on Instagram for a while now, you know, kept up with his advocacy work and um, really learned a lot from him. And he honestly just has such positive energy to him. So today's episode is a little bit on the lighter end. Um, And yeah, really excited to share him with you all. So make sure that you follow him and um, check out some of the work that he's doing and the resources that he's providing. Um, He is a huge ally for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, So I'll let him explain a little bit more about himself. Um, But again, I just want to really encourage you all to prioritize your self-care, your self-nourishment. I don't even want to like saying self-care anymore because I don't want you to just care for yourself. I want you to nourish yourself. So make sure to find space, make space to nourish yourself, make time to nourish and prioritize yourself. And let's talk about it. All right. So welcome, Sander, to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to chat with you. 
I'm very happy to be here and just excited to chat with you as well. Yeah, you just have like, it's 9 a.m. So I'm like starting my morning off with you. And even before I got on, I was just thinking like, this is, I feel like going to be a good way to start my day. I feel like he's going to have some like great energy, like your whole presence on social media. I'm just always like, he's such a great person. (laughs) Yeah, I try to be just a good guy. Um, and draw the boundary between just spreading that unconditional love and positivity to everyone and anyone. Um, obviously, I'm human. I struggle as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have my different things. But even through my struggles, I know every single day I try to do at least one thing to get better. And mm-hmm. so I'm always having that good day. And people are like, how do you always have a smile on your face? And I'm like, well, because at least I did one thing to get better today. Mm-hmm. And I take one step forward each and every day, um, even when I'm struggling. Yeah. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited we're going to chat. Um, before we get into this, I want to talk about your location right now because you are in your room. And before we started recording, I had noticed you had mountains on your wall. And we started talking about it briefly. And I was like, oh my gosh, we have to stop because we need to record this because it sounded just so beautiful. And I feel like it almost gives a little bit of insight into how you live your life. Um, so could you share a little bit about the art and the painting on your bedroom walls? Yeah. So once COVID hit, I was in living in Gainesville, my college town, doing my master's degree. And I was like, you know what? It's time to start adulting. And so I moved back home with my family, but I was back in my room that I had always been living in and sharing with my twin brother. I have a twin mm. brother named Griffin, who's now in law school at UF, so stayed up there. So I was like, if I'm going to be able to do this for a year, I don't plan on living here for too long, but just for like this COVID times where it doesn't make sense, I, I want to stay away from the distractions and the partying, I need to make it right. So I decided I was going to paint my room. I headed out to the store, did not know what I was doing, and the inspiration just started to come. And from there, I know some of my favorite, favorite colors are different variations of blues, mm-hmm. and I saw a picture of mountains. And so I decided I was going to start with painting some mountains, maybe somehow include the ocean. It turned into just mountains, but it turned into night and day. And so one of the quotes I live by is my life is a roller coaster and I hate roller coasters. I actually do not like roller coasters. I've tried and I've gotten on a few recently, so I'm proud of myself, but my life is a roller coaster and I hate roller coasters, but Mm -hmm. I love my life. And so my room kind of displays that in the mountain peaks where it's like, not just mountain peaks, but for me, it's the up and down and it's like a roller coaster of life. But at the top and in the middle of the back and the front wall is a sunset and a mountain peak. And on the back is the like, darkness to end my day. So I look at life as one constant evolving peak where yes, you're going to have your dips, but as long as you're taking steps forward each and every day, you're always peaking, even if it's not that very moment in time, because life is one big moment. So it goes around in a circle, the mountain peaks from the sunrise to sunset, and it, it pumps me up every single morning and helps me stay positive. I mean, can I come move in? <laughs> <It's> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'll ask my parents. I don't know how they'll feel about it. Do you guys just want to add another child to the family? Um, no, it it looks beautiful. And so you painted all of that yourself. Well, I had a friend help me with it. Had yeah. A friend help. yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, she was the best. She was a great artist and she made me feel like an artist because she taught me how to do stuff. But I'm mm-hmm. also, in, when I was in uh, my fraternity, I was like the guy who painted a little bit, but I helped the best friend who was a good painter, but I'm a very good helper. So sometimes mm-hmm. I take the back seat. You can't always be the leader. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just need to be a helper. So I'm a good painter when it comes to helping, but I can't like do it. Once I get taught how to do it, I can do it. Um, So that's kind of how it came together. And I'm really happy about how it came out. Um, I'm proud of it. I finally started putting up some like things like says everything is going to be okay. My friend Kinsey, who uh, 
has very, like she was born with many health problems. And today she's a fighter. She's overexceeded her life expectancy, just turned 17. Mm. So her paintings up here, I have pictures where I graduated from college, a big quote my mom sent me in college. So I've mm. added some different things onto the walls. Um, it just helps me feel comfortable because I think a very important part of life is making sure you're comfortable in your own space. And so yeah. I don't spend too much time in this room, but now that I have a desk, I'm going to start. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I I definitely resonate with that. I think making sure that the home that you live in, making sure the the room that you spend time in feels like it's in a way a reflection of you, that it it's a reflection of, you know, the things you love, the people you love to help you feel grounded, to help you feel uh, safe so that when you are experiencing that roller coaster of life, uh, you feel like you have somewhat of a safe space to um, kind of recoup yourself in. Um, so every, everything you said there totally resonated for me. I don't like roller coasters either, but that is literally what life is. And so you do have to make the best of it and try to make sure that, like you said, you are taking steps forward as best you can. Yeah, so we're going to have to both overcome our fear and all that stuff. And we're going to go on a roller coaster together. We'll make sure to bring a tripod. And everyone stay tuned. It's going to be a viral video. You'll probably see it on your feed without looking for it because we will both be pissing our pants. Yeah, I might throw up on you. Okay, I'll take it. It'll be great for the video. It might make me forget how scared I am as well. Yeah, you'll be like, we're doing it for the content. It's okay. I mean, that's, that's also amazing. another thing about content is like, I sometimes obviously you have to do it for the content but for me I mostly do it as like authentic and like people are just like why'd you do that and I'm like like today I made a video about being shirtless I thought I was really proud I looked really good so I was like I'm gonna talk about why I'm shirtless right now and mm. people are gonna give me shade for it but I'm explaining to you it's me being my most authentic self yeah. so, but roller coaster thing might be for the content <laughs> yes All right, I want to take a quick break right here because I want to prioritize some pleasure for us all. There's a lot of stuff going on. Sometimes we just want to experience a little bit of pleasure. And so I want to talk about sex toys for a second. Um, And for those of y'all that have listened to the show before or followed me on Instagram, you know that one of my favorite companies is Balesa Boutique. They are the number one rated sex toy store on Google at bboutique.co. They have over 25,000 reviews and they've quickly become one of the leading online sex toy retailers in North America. And if you don't know this, fun fact, Cardi B like loves Balesa vibrators. She's posted with them. Like it's, it got, it really makes my heart very warm. Uh, but the number one thing that people ask about at Balesa Boutique and anytime I talk about sex toys um, and you all purchasing them, we're always asked questions about discretion. And I'm really excited to share with y'all that Balesa has the discreet series, which has literally taken Instagram by storm. And these vibes, they come in really cute little clamshell charging cases. It literally looks like a compact makeup case. Um, and like you can charge it just right from the outside. The toy fits right on the inside. So it just like no one would know that there's even a vibrator in there. But it's waterproof. It's made from premium body safe materials. I personally own them. Um, you've seen them on my Instagram when I posted them. And I can confirm 10 out of 10. 10. They're so good. And I'm really excited because who doesn't love a little bit of a discount for sex toys? So you all can get 15% off all sex toys at B Boutique and free US shipping with the code Taylor15. That's B B 
O-U-T-I-Q-U-E dot C-O and get 15% off and free U.S. shipping with the code TAYLOR15. Spread the word, share it with your friends. Let's spread some positive, discreet vibes. Uh, And honestly, owning the same vibrator as Cardi B is quite a flex. So get on it. I hope y'all take advantage of that discount for Taylor 15. Again, 15% off all sex toys and you get free U.S. shipping. So be sure to check that one out and um, absolutely love Balesa so much and love this series. So be sure to check them out and we can now get back to the show. So I feel like you kind of got a bit of a, and maybe my timeline is off here because time just feels feels very off. Um, For me, I'm really not good with numbers, but you, I feel like, got introduced into the content, um, you know, social media, uh, quote-unquote haters, like, before the world of influencers really existed. Um, You first had appeared, at least from my knowledge, um, on the TLC show, I Am Jazz, and that was, I think I was in high school. How old are you? I don't know. I didn't ask. I know it's not good to ask a lady your age, but... I'm 26. 26. 27. Wow, I'm 27. I'm about to be 28. Then you must have... I think you might have been right in the beginning of your college, like freshman or sophomore year. Yeah. It started airing in 2015, but my family was on specials on different reality networks um, way before that. But I personally didn't... I had 3,000 followers in 2015. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... But I didn't you still have were part of like reality yeah. TV in some way. Yeah, I mean, so before it wasn't reality TV, we were on the Oprah Winfrey network mm-hmm. for a special, and then we were on Barbara Walters twice. Um, but those were small segments. Um, we had one one hour Oprah Winfrey network special mm-hmm. that was in early 2010s, I think. Okay. 2015 was when like the family really started getting well known and. Uh, mm-hmm really was starting to create the change because I don't think of it as getting like famous or well-known. I think about it as creating change. Mm-hmm. That's our intention. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So then, I mean, yeah, my timeline is definitely off as I said, because yeah, 2015, I would have been starting graduate school, starting my master's. Um, but yeah, I mean, I imagine that would have been one hell of a roller coaster. Being on the TV show? Yeah. I would say it's still a roller coaster that continues to this day. I mean, obviously putting yourself out there and being on reality TV, especially about a topic that so many people, it's not even that they don't understand. It's more that they don't want to understand. Yeah. They just don't Um, want to exist, period. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I got introduced to the social media world, but I really did not recognize the power of influence and and social media until like two years ago. Mm -hmm. I had 55,000 followers on Instagram, but I, I was thinking of my social media as a, I call it a Y to F, you to friends. And mm-hmm. now I think of it as a you to everyone type of thing. Yeah. And I, when I made that change and I recognized my influence and how my story could help a lot of people on top of also amplifying my sisters and my friends, especially people in the LGBTQ plus community journey, um, I recognized their work that came before me. And I recognize now that I had work to do as well as someone who could be an advocate for the community. So mm-hmm. that's when I really started using my social media to really create change and and I felt empowered. I found mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. Mm, you found yourself. Yeah. Mm. Can it you takes tell time. us about 
Yeah, I mean, so I learned about the power of influence at an influencer conference in 2019. Like I said before that, I had 55,000 Instagram followers. I know because I took a screenshot before I went to that thing because I was showing people and I was asking them for advice. I was like, I feel like I have this story to tell, but I don't know how to share it. I know I'm on TV show and I'm doing a great thing for the world being on the show, but what can I do using the power of social media mm-hmm. offline? And so I learned what the power of influence was. I got back and I decided I wasn't going to care about the judgment. Hey, I always wanted to lie under the radar in college. I just want to be a normal college student. Didn't want to be that kid on a TV show because then girls would hit me up and they wouldn't be hitting me up because they actually like me. And oh, it, we're going to get tough. to that. Oh yeah, it, it was tough. But uh, I started figuring it out and I started really finding my voice. And I recognized, and this is kind of a statistic I throw out there that really kind of propels me forward is 5.6% of the population identifies as LGBTQ+. So 94.4% identifies as cisgender, heterosexual people. Mm -hmm. Um, Because of that, it's so important that cisgender and heterosexual people are allies in supporting the LGBTQ plus community. So on one end, I recognize my voice and that for every LGBTQ plus person, there's likely an LGBTQ plus sibling and many LGBTQ, I mean, not an LGBTQ plus sibling, a sibling and many friends who need to be there for them. And so I felt like there weren't too many role models who were constantly being an active ally 365 days a year. And so that's what I started doing on my social media on top of just starting to showcase who I was making workout videos, being proud to be me, motivating people, talking about mental health, talking about the TV show more and just being me mm-hmm. instead of just trying to do things that would, uh, other people cared about. And I got hate. We all get hate. Yeah. Um, I got hate before that. And that's what deterred me. But once I realized those people are coming from a place of hate and I'm coming from a place of love and I know who I am and I'm going to showcase it. That's where I've, been able to kind of blossom and help a lot of people and also just grow as a person mm-hmm. and with followers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for, for sharing that. Um, one of the things that kind of comes to mind for me here, um, you know, thinking about that statistic, like that's a huge, huge difference. Um, and I want to, I want to bet that it's more than 5.6%, but there is so much stigma attached to it that many more people are, you know, kind of staying in that place of maybe confusion or shame and therefore identifying with that 94%. Um, and yeah. And, and it makes me wonder, you know, for you, as you, come into your own as you are finding yourself and finding your voice and being an ally for the LGBTQ plus community, what like exploring your sexuality has been. I think many of us fall in this, you know, our culture is very heteronormative. So it's just assumed that, you know, we are heterosexual cisgender beings from boom jump. Um, And we don't typically get the opportunity or the space to, actually figure out how we identify, how we actually feel in our gender and in our sexuality. Um, so I'm wondering what that like process has been like for you. Yeah, it has been quite a process, to be honest. So in college, people, because I am always talking about the LGBTQ plus community, I've been hit on by many men. And for a really long time, it made me feel really uncomfortable because I was always just so comfortable with my sexuality, but it started making me feel uncomfortable with my sexuality because I was always being constantly hit on in my DMs and in the comments. And people just, a lot of people were hitting on me. Um, A lot of men were hitting on me and I felt uncomfortable at first. And 
there was actually a, a def, kind of the defining moment in my life where when I tell this story, people are like, you did that? Like, how could you do that? Like, that's powerful. And for me, that was like the moment I really realized how comfortable I was with my sexuality and no longer was really scared about people asking me about my sexuality. I was just comfortable telling people about my sexuality and being comfortable mm-hmm. with who I was. And that moment was when I was actually with a friend and I went to Aspen Gay Ski Week with her just to support her. Um, she was performing. And one night we went in a hot tub and there was nine gay men, gay men in the hot tub. Um, and I sat in there and I started talking to these guys and I was just friendly with them. I got along with them. And it wasn't until later that night when I realized I sat in the hot tub with a lot of gay men. And then, mm-hmm. then yes, they might've been hitting on me. They might've thought I was gay, but I did that. I felt comfortable and it wasn't something I thought about when I did it. I just did it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, I can live my life always feeling comfortable, even if people do hit on me or I am placed in these uncomfortable situations or I am asked these situ- questions. I can't be scared of it anymore. I need to go full throttle, be that best ally I could be. And if I get asked in question about my sexuality, I mean, first of all, I encourage everyone, so everyone listening, don't ask someone their sexuality. It's an ally tip. Don't ask someone in the LGBTQ plus community, but also don't ask someone who you think might identify with the community because mm-hmm. let someone create that brave space, create that safe space. So this is ally tip number one. Um, Create that brave space, safe space. Brave space goes beyond a safe space, includes advocacy as well. Um, so it's a safe space with advocacy. And then let that person come to you and tell you what their sexuality is. So that was really a defining moment in finding my uh, hmm. comfortableness with being like this huge ally and always being asked these questions without really being deterred from it. Whereas in the past, yeah, I was not the best ally. And I, I think my allyship has evolved because I'm not, I'm no longer scared for people to question who I am mm-hmm. because I know who I am. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I imagine too that you also maybe would have experienced like a sense of pressure of like you have to be an ally or people just assuming that, you know, this is going to be the work that you do. Um, and I'm wondering if there are spaces outside of the LGBTQI plus community that, you know, you feel really passionate about that maybe other people don't know about you or that maybe you were feeling called to do advocacy work in that area instead. Yeah. So, one big distinction that I like to say when people ask me questions like this is um, it's your choice to be an ally. I didn't have to be an ally to my sister. And so many siblings mm-hmm. of LGBTQ plus people are not allies yeah. to siblings and are not supportive. And so many parents as well. But you know what's not a choice? Identifying as transgender, being gay. Mm-hmm. That's not a choice. But being an ally is a choice. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't, like I said, I wasn't always the best ally. I wasn't always active on social media. It wasn't until I realized how much change and how I wanted to be that role model to people that I started being this huge advocate for the LGBTQ plus community. But I also have other things I strongly promote. For example, last week I raised money where I was talking about the poster in my room from my friend Kinsey. I raised money for an organization called Dance Marathon, where it's children born with uncurable diseases. And why that organization really matters to me, number one, before I was born, my parents told, were told by the doctors there's uh, an 80% chance they'd lose one or both babies. Hmm. And me and my twin brother are healthy twin boys and we both survived. So I'm super passionate about helping raising money for kids born with uncurable diseases, miracle uh, children. So that's one of my passions. Mental health is another one of my huge passions that I haven't dove into my feet into too much, but I have definitely done some advocacy work for, and I hope Mm -hmm. to continue doing more advocacy work for. And then obviously the Black Lives Matter movement, I've tried to get involved as much as I can. Mm -hmm. I post about it when I can. I actually spoke at an event in my neighborhood. They invited me to come speak at it. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that is the hardest about like, entering a commute, like a 
into supporting stuff like that is one cancel culture and two people just being like, you're creating space, but then you shouldn't be creating space because you don't identify. So I actually posted my speech and they're like, you should have allowed someone who uh, identifies Mm -hmm. as African-American to speak. And I'm like, I was invited to speak guys. Like, like, obviously I want to create that space. I would much prefer them to speak, but if they felt like it was important for someone to relate to Mm -hmm. a white uh, heterosexual cisgender man like myself, I wasn't going to turn down the the opportunity. And I feel like I might've been able to help create change. And I think that's one important distinction when anyone's trying to get involved in any other movement that maybe they can't identify in, but they could identify with. It's that Mm -hmm. there's people who also want to be creating that change who could identify with you. um, And you could be a role model for them. But you also need to make sure to leave that space open for the people who I identify with in that community. So that's why on my page, it's not just me creating creating videos being like, be an ally, be an ally. It's also like, here's my friend who identifies as transgender. I'm cisgender. There's a video like that. Um, So I hold the space, but I also make sure that I create a space where I'm a role model to people who could identify with me because people Mm -hmm. uh, listen to the people they can identify with most. So that's an important distinction. Absolutely. Yeah. And while you hold the space for folks within that community to, you know, take up the space, um, there also might be other spaces where they don't have the permission to take up space or it's not safe for them to take up the space. And I think that's where allies come in to either help create it to be a space where they can, or they use their privilege and their allyship to advocate to help make it a safer space. And like you said, people are more likely to listen to folks who they're more in alignment with. And that's the really hard, hard part. Um, You know, I remember even... Uh, a, a big example of this is sharing Robin D'Angelo's work uh, in regards to, you know, Black Lives Matter or um, social justice, racial justice, um, you know, and, and people feeling really upset that, well, you're, sh- you're sharing a white woman's work when you could be sharing a black woman's work. And yes, absolutely. However, white people are more likely to listen and, and learn from someone who looks more like them, especially when talking about a subject that's really uncomfortable. Um, so that's an example just that comes to mind for me when you, when you talk about that. Yeah, it's, it's uh, how it works. And it's definitely difficult, especially as like, I'm 23. So like in my advocacy work, kind of began when I was 20, 21. So I'm learning every single day and I have made mistakes. Um, I make mistakes every day. And mm-hmm. obviously cancel culture is scary, but like I'm not really scared to be canceled because I know that if I ever make a mistake, I was coming from a place of love. And so hopefully people could understand and accept that. So mm-hmm. I try to advocate on everybody. I want to support all marginalized communities. And obviously some of the things I have to educate myself first before I can really do and put in that work as an advocate. And so like each and every day, that's what I'm trying to do. I read mm-hmm. other people's things and um, put in the work. And then when you feel comfortable, I, I read a lot of books on allyship and advocacy before I really started speaking on it more. Um, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. I do it and I speak yeah. on it as much as I can. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit about, um, just because I'm hearing you bring it up again here, this uh, fear or or anxiety of cancel culture within allyship work within advocacy work. Um, Say, I don't think you're alone in that. I think that is 
part of what makes people feel scared to speak up on anything, um, especially knowing that even if your intention is is really great and it is coming from love, that sometimes those things do still cause harm and, and having that fear of um, being canceled or being silenced in a way, being told you can't be an advocate uh, or an ally because you said something wrong. Um, can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, so... I'll give you an example. So I was in a clubhouse room. I know I've seen mm. you on clubhouse before. You have? And yeah, I was actually going to ask you. I've been you on it this. a long time. I, I saw you a few weeks ago. I was actually going to ask you. I think we, I was thinking about starting an empowerment room, and I feel like you'd be a great person to host it with. So if you're mm. interested, we'll talk about yeah. it. But um, yeah, so in a clubhouse room, I started talking about allyship and how what I do as an ally. And mm-hmm. people after that, they didn't know who I was at, at the time because it doesn't like they didn't look at my page. And then people were like, well, you can't call yourself an ally. You need receipts to back it up. If you're going to be an ally, you better be doing the work all the time. And I'm like, well, <laughs> and then people, then people who didn't know me were like, guys, go check out Sanders page. He's got a lot of receipts. And it was just like, people are quick to first make your the assumptions against you. And I, and most people, honestly, anyone listening, you might consider yourself an ally, but like I just said, you should have receipts to back it up more than one. You have multiple receipts. If you really want to consider yourself an ally, you can consider yourself a friend. But if you really want to be an ally, it's active. It's 365 days a year. And it's you, even if maybe it's not all about posting, but actually educating yourself. But in terms of just cancel culture, yeah, it's just like people are quick to say you don't identify with us. So uh, why are you posting about us? Why are you sharing about us? You're trying to take the limelight. You're trying to jump on this issue and gain followers from it. Mm. Um, People tell me to this day, like, oh, you just want to grow fame off your sister. No, right now my sister's just not as active on social media and I talk to her and we work on things and she helps me come up with ideas for my videos, but then I can, re- with the people that can resonate with me, will listen to me. And mm-hmm. so, no, I'm not trying to grow fame off my sister. I'm simply just trying to help the world. I don't want to be famous. I just want to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people just don't recognize that. And a lot of people just don't understand. So, and you shouldn't have to explain yourself. And that's the hard part. Like, you yeah. know, you're going to do something and you're going to get some hate and it's tough sometimes. Because some of the things they say, even if they're wrong, come from some validity if they didn't know everything about you. Um, and so it's tough always having to explain yourself and you don't always want to explain yourself. And that's why mm-hmm. sometimes I don't speak on all issues as much as I wish I would. And mm-hmm. I'm obviously trying to going forward as much as I can. Um, I've done a couple of videos on the anti-transgender bills and People yeah. are just like, why do you keep posting about the anti-transgender bills? I'm like, because I had to watch my sister get banned from sports. I saw my sister and how it affected her health care. This is important. And they're like, well, Jazz isn't posting as much as you. I'm like, well, Jazz isn't as active on social media. Yeah, it's and like, also like, let her live. Like, maybe exactly. she doesn't want to sit here and explain and have to advocate for her life. Like, maybe it's nice to know that other people are helping do that work so that she can just live her damn life. Exactly. So cancel culture and all that stuff is definitely something that has crossed my mind when I'm trying to talk on really, really sensitive topics, Mm -hmm. but I've definitely drawn the line. I've created my own boundaries and I've definitely crossed over some boundaries Mm. and sometimes you got to do that. Yeah. What does that look like? How do you, how do you establish boundaries in your advocacy work? I struggle with that. (laughs) Yeah, actually it's boundaries is a term I actually learned recently and I realized like, okay, where do I set my boundaries? For example, when people ask me to post GoFundMes, I can't post GoFundMes for everyone. There's yeah. very few that I get involved with. It's a very, very close friend. It's like 
like my friend is paralyzed right now. Of course, I'm going to try to help him raise money. Mm-hmm. Like he fell off a boat. Like one of my good friends, I got to help him. My friend, I was raising money for Dance Marathon. She's been my friend for a long time. But then I have people like who are acquaintances where I've known who are asking me or people who are my followers. And yes, their causes are important, but you got to create the boundary. So sometimes mm-hmm. there, the other boundaries are on certain issues. Sometimes I can't make a full feed post about it or I'll just full copy someone else's feed post and mm-hmm. repost that. Or I like I reshared your story, I think two days ago because mm-hmm. I really liked what was there. And today I reshared a different story from someone else. And maybe I haven't made a feed post, but I don't want to like, yeah. If I create a, my, a feed post and create my own caption, like I just, I'm not as educated enough to really speak on it. So I try to do what I can when I can. Um, but sometimes it just, mm-hmm. and also sometimes I just need to relax. Like I can't be full blown advocate like 24 hours. I could be at 365 days a year, but I can't be at 24 7, 365 days a year because I have to figure out how I'm going to make money, how I'm going to go live, mm-hmm. move out of my parents' house, how I'm going to find a girlfriend, all these different things in mm-hmm. my life. So I can't be always just 24-7 advocacy. And some people expect you to be that way. And it's, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. I think there is a lot of pressure for that. And there's this um, there's this meme, I totally forget exactly how it goes, so I'm going to butcher it, but where it's like, oh, post about an apple and someone comments and it's like, but what about oranges? Do you not care about oranges? And it it does feel like there is so much pressure to comment and, you know, advocate in every single issue there is. And that's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot of issues. We got a lot of shit to, you know, unlearn. We got a lot of things to move forward in our country and in our world. Um, And, you know, it sounds like you've kind of got your focus. Um, And even within that focus, you still have to, you know, implement these boundaries and um, still deal with that pressure of like, well, how do you feel about these other things though? Um, And I'm not sure how conducive that is to people actually being able to learn and and grow and um, actually show up to do the work. Because like you said, you can do it maybe 365 days a year, but 24 hours of those 365, not really. Um, You know, yes, you're an ally, but you also are your own person. Yeah. I mean, there's so many other things about me that I do and say than just being an ally and advocate. But obviously Mm -hmm. that's one of my passions. My number one thing in life is helping others. I'm confident about it. It's like, I'm trying to create four pillars. I know helping others is one of them. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm still figuring out some mm-hmm. of the other ones. I have a good grasp on some of the other ones and I'm figuring it out day by day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, um, you know, getting a girlfriend and being a sex therapist and just like loving relationships and dating. I always want to ask people about this. And you did, um, there was a story I saw of yours where someone had asked, you know, if you were dating right now and you were kind of saying, you know, you were moving home and you wanted to kind of like get yourself in order first. Um, and just kind of hearing at the beginning of, of um, our chat here today of, you know, people kind of wanting to date you or reaching out to you because you were on the show or, you know, how that would maybe make them feel about being close to you. Um, can you talk about what dating has been like for you as you've like grown up? I mean, you're at a late adolescence to early twenties now. Yeah. Dating has been quite interesting. Um, when I got to college, I did not want to really pursue a relationship. I just wanted to have fun. High school, mm-hmm. I had a relationship. And so I started having fun. I met a lot of people. Um, I was more carefree. I was focused on school. I was focused on meeting every single person I could meet. And if I met yeah. a cute girl, like, 
I met a cute girl. Things can happen. We hung out. Kind of like the college vibe. Um, mm-hmm. I In college, I definitely had a few girls that I was closer with. I was more... I never really got committal. I have a little bit of commitment issues. And okay. that's sort of because in college, I didn't really want a girlfriend. And like sometimes they would just be like, this girl's great. I can't stay away from her. But also like, I'm not ready for a girlfriend. I'm focused on different things. Um, but yeah, I would go out. I'd have fun. I'd meet girls. I would date girls. Uh, at one point, I definitely found that I was turning more into not this good guy anymore. And I wasn't proud of some of my actions. Mm-hmm. So I took a step back um, and I started being that better guy again. I've never lied to a girl. I've always been honest with intentions. But even when you're honest with your intentions, sometimes that can hurt people. Yeah. And so when I started feeling like I was hurting people, I knew I was hurting myself as well. And that was kind of in sophomore, junior year mm-hmm. of college. And then, yeah, and then I settled down a little bit more, um, dated a, a girl or two here and there um, for more extended periods of time. No like committal relationship thing, but like something where it was like, I like the person a lot. And I just never could really find that person that I could find an emotional, spiritual, and physical connection with all three. I, I definitely could pull two, two and a half. But I mm-hmm. never felt like there was that person that could really like be like, okay, I could see myself marrying you one day. And I personally just won't get into that deep, deep committal relationship unless I could see myself marrying that person. Mm-hmm. And so that hasn't happened to me yet. Then COVID hit. Um, I have mm-hmm. been dating a little bit during COVID. Um, some people I've actually met online. And I'm not really scared of that anymore, but before I was kind of staying away from people online because I thought maybe their intentions were wrong. And now it's like the world's digital now. Yeah. If I meet someone online and we, we get along, we hit it off, then I'm open to that. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I talk to people, I have fun, but now I'm more in like, a, okay, I need to really hone down and figure out who my person is, but I'm not really out there searching, looking, but mm-hmm. I know that it will find me or I will find them. Or maybe they already exist and they're right under my nose. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said that you don't want to get committed unless that's someone like, or not committed, but that you don't really want to go super deep unless you know that this is someone that you can see yourself being committed to and, and, you know, potentially in marriage. So how do you know if that's someone you want to go get married or have that committed to if you don't go deep yeah that and that's something that I've really been working on trying to go deeper in my relationships and in the people and having more intention it was actually a thought today I did hot yoga this morning Mm. and in that yoga session like halfway through I was just thinking I need to start having more intention with the things I'm doing because right now I'm doing so many different things uh, and yes I love them all but some of it's without intention and so now I need to start doing things with more intention, especially dating. And I have more recently dove deeper um, and really started to dive deep um, with a girl or two. And it's it's been nice and I've enjoyed it. And I feel like Mm -hmm. it's helped me figure it out. At the same time, there's also sometimes where I just feel like you see that person and there's certain things that you don't need to go that deep with. And it's like, I don't think this is going to work long-term. And Mm -hmm. in some situations, I'm like, you know what? I can't just, there's so many good things there. I can't just cut it off right there. So let's see. And on other things, I'm like, okay, I need to be honest and just tell the person like, listen, I like hanging out with you. And in college, it might've been like, I like hanging out with you. We could continue hanging out, but it's never going to go anywhere mm-hmm. type of thing. And then in some situations like, hey, like it could go somewhere. I don't know. If we want to continue hanging out, we'll see if one of us get too deep into it and it's not working. We need to be honest with each other. I'm a very mm-hmm. honest guy. 
but I need to be honest with more intention. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm working on. I hope that answers your question. Do you have any advice on this? <laughs> Dating advice, 101. <laughs> Um, well, I think it's, it's amazing how, as you say this, you say, you know, with, with, uh, you know, one or or two girls. Uh, (laughs) so that's great. Um, no, I think absolutely making sure that you have intention as you're going through your dating experiences. And like you said, you know, you're always going to be honest and transparent and sometimes that is hurtful. Um, and sometimes that is just your truth. And that's, that's the, and that's the gray space of, of life. Um, you know, that where we kind of have an opportunity to practice that gray area and holding, holding both things at the same time, even if they feel like they kind of contradict each other. Um, but I mean, I guess my, my question and something I'm wondering for you, you know, as you are, dating and as you are in a way it sounds like identifying a little bit of uh hesitation or or resistance and commitment um it's making me really curious about what your experience or perspective or knowledge thoughts opinions are around monogamy and if that's kind of been your main dynamic within your relationships that you have had Monogamy as in, I mean, I, I know the term, but I get confused about that. Monogamy as in more than one partner? Yeah, monogamy is like you're exclusive with one person and sometimes that's negotiated. Sometimes usually it's not. And it's just like we're monogamous. We are only with each other emotionally, sexually. Um, you know, we are exclusively committed to each other. Whereas like non-monogamy or polyamory or having... Got it, got it. So monogamy is like, marriage commitment one person one person mm-hmm. yeah that's what i well actually no that's i thought maybe you were asking the other one because there's another i guess it's polyamorous is another term um no i hope to one day get married i hope to one day have kids that is obviously my goal and i do want monogamy with someone it's just that i need to find that person mm-hmm. or i need to like it just takes me time also like right now the situation i'm working on working towards my career i'm building out my business i'm uh, doing a lot of different things. I'm mm-hmm. still living at home. So it's like, how could I be monogamous with someone at this very current time like, and be all in with it when I'm so all into other things? But mm-hmm. I know my time will come and that person will come. I, I have hope or maybe one day, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll just start going on dating shows and figure it out. But uh, uh, Proceed with caution, my friend. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, but yeah. Uh, we'll see. I definitely want to be in a monogamous relationship one day. I believe in it. Um, mm-hmm. I want to have kids. My actual most recent Instagram post told my parents' love story where they were next door neighbors. They reunited 20 years later, got married a few years later, had four kids, monogamous relationship, beautiful, mm-hmm. lovely. And then at the end of the caption, I said, I hope to one day have something like this too. Mm-hmm. And I have confidence in myself. Um, I'm not sure if maybe I'm not as focused on it as maybe I should be. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should be more focused on it. Well, it sounds like you feel like you can't be focused on that while also figuring out your career and getting your, your degree and doing these things that it's like, if yeah. you're going to be in a relationship, you have to be all in and that's going to be like everything. Yeah. I mean, I think if I'm going to, I want to be that, like, I think I'm a, a catch not to be cocky, but like, I do think, yeah. I do think like, 
one day and that person, I'm going to make them so happy, but I also know they're going to make me super happy as well. I think that I'm a great guy. I think I have a lot of intangibles that a lot of girls look for. Um, and for that reason, I, I hope that they'll come around. But you look at these other guys, there's a lot of great guys out there that are 30 and single. And so hopefully I'm not that guy, but I never know. Mm. Um, time will tell. I have confidence in myself. Got me stressing <laughs> a little now over here. But deep another breaths. thing about it, yeah, deep breaths. That's what they told me in the hot yoga today. Another thing about it is that I think is funny in relation to my brand is like I do talk about being single and I was talking to someone else and I'm like a lot of guys don't really do that. And I'm like, well, it's a part of my, me being my most authentic self. And I'm not saying in those videos, which people always misconstrue, you always talk about being single. Like, why can't you just be happy? I'm happy. Like, I'm not unhappy. Me talking about being single, why I don't have a girlfriend and me talking about like who wants to be my girl. Like, sometimes it's very obviously a little bit of engagement. It's kind of poking, mm-hmm. poking the bear, having fun. It's a part of who I am. So mm-hmm. I'm not just sharing like some of the problems and why I'm single that people can relate to. I know people can resonate with it. Yeah. And it's just me being my most authentic self. But people like to think, oh, Sandra, you're just so thirsty. And I'm like, yeah, right now, maybe I'm thirsty. I've been speaking a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and you're in Florida. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing on the video that I created with the shirtless thing where I was like, it's hot. It's in Florida. Why am I going to wear a shirt? Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's me being intentional with my, my single content. It's not me being like, oh, I need to find a girlfriend. Like, we'll mm-hmm. see. I, hopefully I will. Yeah. Um, you feel like you have to like defend yourself a lot. Like when you are posting things and when you are like being your authentic self that it's like you have to put in all these disclaimers or you feel like you have to um, kind of like preface it or like, well, I'm not being this. Or like, it's not because of that. Sometimes, but like usually I, it gets more like it might bother me a little bit. I'm like, you know what? These people really don't know where they're coming from. And once again, they come from a place hate. Just got to let it go, Sandra. You just got to let it go. Um, sometimes I feel the need to comment back and mm-hmm. make sure to, to kind of defend myself and, and share a little bit about it and why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. But I also do think I might move away from some of the single content, not because of any particular reason, just because like, you know what? I got to spend that time I'm spending doing that. I should be out there going on dates. Also in college, yeah, I went on a lot of dates. I would take girls on dates. It wasn't like I was just trying to take them home. I never like would take girls home from bars that are drunk. Like that wasn't me. I was yeah. the type of guy who like, I, I don't even go up to girls. I'm kind of shy. Um, mm. So like, it's more like I'll meet them through, through a friend or through a dating app or through social media or through mm-hmm. a club or somehow, some way. Then when I see them out, I'm, I was like intentional trying to meet them. Then I'd ask them on a date, that type of stuff. Like took a lot of girls out on dates um, back mm-hmm. in the day. Now during COVID, not as much, but yeah. I enjoyed yeah. that way more than just like, hey, like let's have sex and let's never talk again. That's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What's like one of your like most memorable dates or like the most favorite date activity that you've done? Can you so honestly, that? one of my favorite things to do is run stadiums. Run? Or like play tennis. Yeah, like something active. I want someone who's like fun and active and able to do that. Other dates that I've been on, like, hmm, let's think if there's like a really, oh, a beach day is the best. Okay. Okay. So like watching the sunrise, going to the beach, um, actually went on a date for my birthday. We, we couldn't open, the, we went to the beach, right? Great day. Mm-hmm. Couldn't open the bottle of wine. So we figured out a way to get it out with like, uh, I don't even know what we use. And it was so cool. And then started drinking and then a cup went flying down the beach and I was like, 
we cannot litter. So I chased yeah. down and like, it's that stupid notable things, but it was just like, we were mm-hmm. having so much fun just being in the present moment, hanging out with each other. And it was just a good day. And so yeah. beach days are definitely prime beach or something active. Obviously dinners are cool. Movies are not cool because like, how do you get to know someone at a movie? Yeah. Agreed. But like, also you said running and you kind of lost me at running. Cause I was like, hold on. You want to run with a person on the date while you're trying to get to know them? That I'm might not, not be the first date. That run, might not be so. the first date. All right. Okay. That might not be the first date. And honestly, most yeah. of the dates that I've gone on, like playing tennis or running turned out mm-hmm. just being really good friends. We just realized we're just good friends. Yeah. Like nothing, just, there was no physical connection. It was more like, we love hanging out. We're going to stay friends. And those are the girls that I still am friends with today. And those are the mm-hmm. so maybe the running and the, the tennis dates weren't the best idea, but they were the they were the best idea because those are my friends now. And I mean, yeah, you only like we're talking about monogamy. Hopefully, there'll only be one girl. But friends could always they could have a bunch of them. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm I'm wondering as kind of a, leaving us off here. Um, given that you are single and that you are dating and we are in COVID, if there's anything that's really worked for you or felt like really fun or that you have found like quote unquote success in, in dating during COVID times. Mm, success dating during COVID times. Uh, I mean, or like a fun date idea during COVID or ways of meeting people during COVID I feel like because I have like this large social platform, it kind of makes it a little bit more of a unique situation. But like before I wasn't really Mm -hmm. answering, I mean, I answered DMs, but it wasn't being like, I'm going to answer. And if they're attractive, I'm going to try to hit on them. Mm -hmm. But like during COVID and because I started growing on social media more, I definitely had a lot more girls signing to my DMs. And I was more, more or less not as afraid to be like, okay, let me start a conversation with them. Obviously I'm not going to do anything Mm -hmm. stupid. I know I have like my, morals and values but answering my messages and actually like giving people a chance online they're like a lot of people and especially like our, my grandparents would be like that's so weird and it's like no that's the way the world's working so don't be afraid of meeting people on dating apps or social media but also don't just try to get in don't for girls don't let just let a guy get in your pants first date and for guys don't just try to get in a girl's pants first date because that's not how you're going to find your person now if that's what you want go for it but if you actually want to uh see where a relationship could go Try not to do anything like sexual right away. That's a piece of Mm. advice. Okay. And so then you feel like if you do engage in sex very early on or in like the first experience that then that makes it more difficult or it's not as likely for that to turn into something romantic or committed or long-term? I definitely think it makes it a little bit tougher. I don't think it's impossible, but... I mean, for me, I want to connect with someone emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And if you start off with physical, mm-hmm. then like sometimes one person might just want only the physical and that's why mm-hmm. they're still going and that's why they're sticking around. And it's not just emotional too. So I feel like creating the emotional connection first is my advice. But listen, everyone has their own way of dating. So I can't mm-hmm. say that's uh, speaking for the masses. That's just my experiences and my opinions. I know mm-hmm. I've had times where I've had sex on the first date. And those girls, some of them I did not hang out with many more times. And mm-hmm. some of them I thought maybe there could have been potential if I'd gotten to know them first. And so mm-hmm. today, that's why I try to, try to get to know someone first before I do anything. Mm-hmm. Also, like, I don't really like to make that first move towards something sexual 
unless like I know that's what the person wants because mm-hmm. I don't want to ever make someone uncomfortable. Um, I'm trying mm-hmm. to obviously, I like to respect boundaries and yeah. make sure that that person is also putting in that same level of physical energy. Also, it's so attractive when a girl makes the first move for me. So mm-hmm. anyone, any girls listening to this, it's attractive when you make the first move. And where can people find you on Instagram? <laughs> people could find me on Instagram at Sander underscore 54. Um, and on TikTok, Sander underscore Jennings, all my other platforms, Sander underscore Jennings, including my Snapchat, where that's where I actually answer the most DMs, but it just is a little bit tough because some of them are not things that I asked for. <laughs> you are really cracking me up right now. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. There's so many other places I want to take this conversation now. Um, but we do have to wrap up. Um, and I'm wondering if there's anything you want to leave people with. Um, you know, I'm kind of thinking like any kind of, you did give a a tip earlier about being an ally. Um, but I'm wondering if there is anything else that you want to leave people with other than slide on in that Snapchat. (laughs) For sure. I would actually love to talk about what I'm doing today and how it relates to kind of my journey as a person. So right now I'm focused on building out my own empowerment slash digital marketing slash creative agency called Digi Empower. And it's focused on uh, empowering emerging creators and small businesses to use the power of short form video to create their own digital empires using their story. And I feel like every single person who's listening and every single person out there has a story that a lot of people can relate to. And like I said, I didn't start really finding my self and my, and what I wanted to share until 2019. Mm-hmm. It's 2021. I'm 23. It took me a long time. So I am building this company out to one, apply my master's of digital strategy I recently graduated with and my kind of expertise as being an influencer and my love for helping others into one business to empower a bunch of other people. And so if I leave everyone with one note, it's one, uh, feel empowered. You have a story and you have a thing. And if you want help doing that, also reach out to me for that. Reach out to me for that before you reach out to me about being single. Okay. The Snapchat thing is secondary. This is more primary. Anyone who wants to be a creator or is a small business or anything that's looking for empowerment, hit me up. I want to help you. Um, I'm really excited to launch this. Um, I, it's obviously, I have a lot of other things I'm doing. So it's like been tough to really stay focused yeah. on it and build out this, this company. And I do already have some clients and it's awesome, but mm-hmm. I'm a young yeah. guy. and I, Sometimes you lose yourself in the sauce. But I'm just glad because I look at life as every day, I don't have to do things. I get to do things. I'm excited to get to do things. It's my privilege. I'm grateful for it. And just trying to change the world. So everyone be a change maker, share your story. And I believe in you guys. And I love you guys all so much. You're so great. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. For sure. And if anyone does have friends who maybe you think would be good for me, feel free to Pod them into my DMs. You know what I'm saying? I cannot. I'm going to stop. 
All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for making it all the way through and keeping your ears, your hearts, and your minds open. It would mean so much to me if you could take a second or two after listening to this episode to leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you're enjoying about the show. I love reading you know, what your favorite episodes are, where you guys listen, um, and definitely feel free to share this with a friend. I mean, part of how we break down the stigmas around these topics is by talking about them, right, and, and sharing them with more people. So definitely share the podcast um, and, again, really wanting to include all of you in this podcast. So if you have questions or you want to share a thought or an experience, please send in a voice memo to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I'm really excited to keep having these conversations and uh, breaking down these stigmas. So thank you all so, so, so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've shortened the time from harvest to home for our tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So no matter how you shop, you have more time with your fresh produce. Kroger, fresh for everyone. And now, shop what you love and save $2 on each participating item when you buy three or more with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.